Well, it's good to be in the house of God, and it's my privilege to once again bring the Word of God. And the Word of God has the power to transform lives. Amen. And it's not just hearing the Word, James says, it's doing the Word of God. So what we hear, we apply that, and that's when the Word comes to life. And um, so it's my honor today to bring the Word of God, and I've titled it, Love Will Never Let You Down. Amen. I'm talking about the love, love of Jesus Christ. Love of Jesus will never let you down. People will let you down. People promise things. They don't deliver it. But when you trust God and His Word, and we need faith to trust God. Amen. And when we do that, He will never let us down. It's in His nature. The Bible says that He will never Leave us nor forsake us. Amen. It's in His nature to always be with us. And He will never abandon us. Love will never let you down. I have let God down and I'm sure you've let God down. True? We've all let God down time to time. I used to kind of quietly chuckle a bit when we used to sing that song, Jesus, lover of my soul, I will never let you go. And he said, you know, I will let God down time to time. But it is God who will never let us down. Amen. And this year, the theme for us is love transforms. It's love of God that transforms lives. Amen. It's not knowledge of God. Knowledge helps us to grow, but it is the revelation of the love of God. The Bible says in Romans, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not the law of God. It's not the hard hand of God, but it's the goodness of God. And when you recognize the goodness of God, that's when you bow before Him and you always be in that place of love and repentance and joy and thankful heart because every time you realize and you encounter God, you know that He is good. Amen. That's why we love Jesus. So love is a powerful thing. It makes us do some profound things. Love is so powerful. I, re I realized uh, I actually never had emotions within me until, and, uh, until I held my first child in my arms. I never realized I had emotions, those kind of emotions within me until I first held my daughter. And I don't know who she is. I didn't know her. I didn't know at all. Just this baby came out and all of a sudden I'm in love with this baby. And in my mind, my heart, my spirit, everything, I'm ready to give my life for this child that has just arrived into this world. It is bizarre to the mind, but there's something love, there's something triggers within you. Amen. Love makes you do profound things where you don't count your own life. I would do anything for my children. And if you have children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You will do anything for your children. Love is much more than a feeling. It's a choice. It's not, I feel it in my fingers. It's not about that. It's, it's not, love is much more than a feeling. It's a choice we make because even when I don't feel it, you choose to love that person. Amen. God's love is selfless love. 
He displayed this on the cross. And Pastor Don talked about the cross and we took communion this morning. It's his pure love. It's his pure, unconditional, selfless love. That kind of love is what transforms our lives. And we're talking about that love. And this morning I want to open a scripture to us from Song of Solomon. Now, Song of Solomon is um, before Ecclesiastes and it's, uh, uh, sorry, after Ecclesiastes and before Isaiah. Song of Solomon has beautiful, eight beautiful chapters and it's a love story. It's an excellent love story. If you ever have time to read it, read it. It's a story of love. It's a story of married love. And it's an explicit conversation between a woman and a groom. Her groom and uh, as a Shulamite woman and her groom Solomon. It's a conversation of love. And metaphorically, the church believes that it is um, the, church, the love between the church and Christ. And how Christ loves the church. Jew, Jewish people believe that it is a love affair between God and the Jewish race, Israel. But I believe this is a story of God's love to human race. There's a conversation that's taking place in the, in the, in the book of Song of Solomon. And these eight chapters and the, the, the outline of, those, of that book is it's the first fresh love. When you first love somebody, you know, there's a fresh love. You think of that person. There is a desire and earning that you want to be with that person from fresh love. And that love goes into a transforming love. Because love transforms. And from transforming love, it goes into mature love. And that's the outline of the book of Song of Solomon. And let's pick it up from the last chapter, Song of Solomon, chapter 8 and verse 6 and 7. This is what we're going to read this morning. It says, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can, love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. Love is greater than death. Love is greater than wealth. We think death is the end. No, love has the power. Jesus displayed that he died on the cross. He rose again. He defeated death. He overcame. He did that because he loves you and I. Amen. Here we see that love, money cannot buy love. Money can buy sex, but not love. True? You cannot buy love. You cannot uh, put a dollar value for love. Love is beyond uh, understanding. Love is from the heart. Love, God talks about this love constantly. Love, uh, you cannot buy with money. Sorrow, temptation, difficulties, trials cannot destroy love. Tough times cannot destroy love. Tribulations cannot destroy love. I'm talking about the pure love. 
If you get in together to, into a relationship just for appearance because you have chemistry, let me tell you that chemistry will soon be history. You will lose that chemistry. If you're getting into a relationship, you get married for money, let me tell you, money is not the answer for love. Bible is a book of love. It's a book of love, a love of God, and God's love for every person into this entire world. He's is basically from Genesis, Revelation. It's a storybook. It's a love storybook for His love for mankind. And He wants to tell us that He is saying constantly as you read it, that I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. God's love is pure. And it's unconditional. Love is not a feeling, it's a choice. Love is not just a feeling, it's an action. Love is not just a thought, it's doing. Amen. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrated His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, unworthy of His love, Christ died for you and I. Amen. I don't love my wife because I got into this contract. Now I have to follow this contract. I don't love her because I'm a pastor. I have to look like I have to love her. That's compulsion. That's obligation. Do you see where I'm coming from? And the minute I fall out of, fall out of love for her, I have to get on my knees and say, God, teach me to love my wife. Love is powerful. I mean, we talk about love and love has a, such a big meaning to it. Love, I'll, we talk about love. I love the food I ate last night. I love the clothes I wear. I love that shop I go and buy food from. It's not, not that kind of love. I'm talking about the pure love. The love that transcends all understanding. God displayed this love for you and I. Isn't that cool? That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and I because He loves us. He's not sitting up in heaven on His throne and busy on His phone and, he, and there you are struggling and you go, God help me, God help me. And He goes, hey, hello cutie. He's not blowing kisses at us. The Bible says that He teaches that He left Heaven, he came down to earth to calm the form of man, to redeem man. Amen. Song of Solomon, verse 6, chapter 8. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. The Bible calls these words, and the bride, especially Shulamite woman, she's calling these words out, and she's calling, and she's crying out that she wants her groom to put, set her as a seal upon, her, upon his heart and upon his arm. And there's a significant uh, significance in this. And before I go into that, in verse 5, it's not on the screen, but in verse 5 it says, Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? 
What a beautiful picture. Who is this coming out of wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? beloved? And now this wilderness often talks about purification. Wilderness often talks about it's, it's purifying and, uh, because wilderness is a testing place. But when we can work through that wilderness experience, it purifies us. Jesus came out of wilderness. Amen. So wilderness, no one likes the wilderness, but we like love. But love is also sacrifice. So let's jump back to verse 6. The bride calls these words. She wanted to be set as a seal upon his heart and, her, uh, and his arm. And the heart speaks of love and the arm speaks of strength. And she wants him to set a seal upon his heart and his arm. And when we are set as a seal upon the Lord's heart and arm, we are able to receive his love and his strength. A lot of people don't understand the love of God. When you don't have a full revelation of the love of God, you cannot have a full revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus. When you understand God's love, you are secure in that love. And when you're secure in that love, you are secure in who you are and how God made you. Amen. You don't have to earn love. You don't have to do things to earn love. You are already loved by God while you are still unworthy. And I love this in Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Paul is writing to Rome here. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Who shall separate us? Se nothing can separate us from the love of God. It's not tough times. It's not difficulties. It's not persecution. It's not famine, nor nakedness, nor peril, or sword. Nothing can separate from the love of God. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as, she we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Yet in all these things... We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. Through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Paul recognized this. Paul was so sure in saying this and recording this that nothing can separate him or us from the love of God because he knew that God has set Paul's name as a seal upon his heart and his arm. 
So 24-7, when Paul got in trouble, Paul knew that he could go and sit in the presence of God and embrace the presence and the love of God and receive that fresh revelation of his love and receive that fresh strength of God in his life. That's why Paul knew nothing can separate him from the love of God. Amen. You cannot Earn God's love by doing. This is a faith love. We have to believe it in faith and say, God, I know you love me. I don't understand why you love me so much, but I receive it. Amen. It's like the same thing with my kids, and I'm sure you have kids or grandkids. You say, I love them. And they go, why do you love me? Don't know, but I love you because you're my child. I'll do anything for you. Nothing can separate. Nothing can separate from this love. Love is strong, strong as death. Love overcomes every obstacle. Amen. Love overcomes every obstacle. I was trying to read and find something in this. Uh, try to uh, 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 look at some stories. I looked at some of the crazy things people did for love. There are some crazy things, real stories people did for love. Some weird things. And they go, oh my goodness, why would you do that? You know, some crazy things to do for love. But one lady in 19, I think in 1983 or 84, in uh, Detroit Metro uh, uh, Airport where the plane took off and the, the plane crashed in a few minutes and about 154 people died. Uh, and only one girl survived. A four-year-old girl survived. She survived because the mother took a seatbelt off. You don't take your seatbelt off. The mother took a seatbelt off and she shielded her daughter. And that baby was back then known as the American orphan. It's a true story. And, um, and, and she was alive because the mother shielded her. The mother died. The father died. The son died. But the, the only... She was the only survivor in that accident. Why? Because the mother protected the baby. I think that's awesome to hear stories like that. You know, love overcomes every obstacle. When we are set as a seal upon his heart and arm, then nothing can shake us from that burning love we have for Jesus. Amen. We are accepted by God. We are loved by God. And in verse 7 it says, Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. It says, love conquers everything. Love can conquer everything. Love can conquer mistakes. Love can conquer uh, uh, distrust. Love can conquer any uh, obstacles. Love conquers it all. Waters cannot drown love. Fire can, can't burn love. Money cannot buy love. Amen. So I want to say don't take God's love for granted. Don't take God's love for granted. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, Paul writes to the church of Corinth and he says, Love is patient. Love is kind. Is the next slide, please. 
Okay, you don't have it. You don't have it on the screen. That's okay. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It's quite interesting. We know this scripture. It's read at weddings. People read it at weddings. But if you really live by this, this is a key and a success for a true marriage. Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians 3, 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It does not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Isn't that cool? It keeps no record of wrongs. My grandmother was gifted to keep record of wrongs. She reminded them to my mother and my mother quite constantly. Oh, you did this back in that day. We are good at remembering wrongs, don't we? Back then, so what I don't understand is, I struggle with this. What happened in the 80s, leave it in the 80s. Why carry it all the way into the 2020s? And, and limit your life from the 80s to the 20s, 40 years, you're letting what happened back then carry on till now and it's restricting your life. Those people that have hurt you in the 80s, they're already in the grave. Why are you letting them control you today when they're not even here? What happens? It's in the memory. But if we can surrender that to God, amen. We all have mother-in-laws, don't we? And those that do not have a mother-in-law, soon you will have one day. One is enough. Don't go for two, three, four, four mother-in-laws, okay? Love does not keep no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects Always, I love this, always trusts. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Something happened with my daughter uh, in the recent few months and uh, there are a few things and I'm like, oh, I struggle to trust you, Silvana. I said that I struggle to trust you and it wasn't her issue, it's my issue. Because when she told me the truth, I was thinking, is she telling me the truth or is she telling me a lie? Now, do I believe her or not? And I often, I tell you, Holy Spirit is good. When you pray, God gives you a discernment in what's happening in your children's life or in your family life. And I was saying, God, I don't think I can trust her right now. And I felt God not talking to me. He wasn't talking to me. Usually he talks to me, but today he's not talking to me. I was like, why aren't you talking to me? It's because I've let distrust take root in my heart. When distrust takes root in your heart, you can't hear God clearly. So it's not my daughter's issue, it was my issue. I needed to learn to retrust her. The default, default setting for love is to trust people. Amen. 
Oh, I can't trust you. How long can you not trust me? I've seen a marriage that I, Karen, I counseled. Uh, before they got married, he was into pornography and she's a, a lady with a lot of problems in life and uh, struggles in life. They got married and man, he did everything to prove it to her that he stopped watching porn, but she never believed him. And she just imprisoned him with her distrust. Even if he goes and checks emails on the computer, she, goes, she used to think, is he watching porn? Is he watching porn? Is he watching porn? Distrust can imprison you and can really wreck life. Love always hopes. If there is no hope, then there is no point in loving people. He will never change. He is the same, same God. Love hopes. Amen. Love perseveres. Don't give up on people. Love perseveres. Fight for those people. Keep loving people. Can I also say love is not weak? It's not this wimpy love, that, it's not this suki love that God is a mushy love. It's like, oh God is so, Mary had a little lamb, oh you know, twinkle, twinkle. That's not the love, God's love is powerful. The Bible teaches that love God loves, that's why he corrects us. Because God loves, that's why there is an element of restrictions in life. Amen. Because you love people, you put families, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Because you love, you put restrictions. Amen. Because you love, you restrict. I want you to come back home by 10 o'clock. Why? Because I love you. The kid might not feel that. Why 10 o'clock? Everybody's out there till midnight. Everybody. Why? Because I love you, I restrict you. The young people don't want to listen to this. Love never fails. Amen. Psalm 29 verse 10, it says, The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. God sits upon the flood. He sits there as a king forever. He is, a so, he is sovereign in the storm and he is in control of it. And the storm, in the storm, he gives strength and peace. So when you're going through difficult situations, when you feel like you've been flooded with problems, you've been feel, you feel like you've been flooded with these emotions that are overtaking you and they're they're pulling you down, know this that God sits on the flood. God is in control of your life. He gives you strength, he gives you peace. Psalm 93, verse 3 and 4. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. 
The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the seas or sea. Isn't that good? He is mightier than waves on the sea. The sea here could refer to people. You know, in the Bible, when the sea, you know, there's a saying, sea of people. You know, the Bible taught often, it's allegorical, like Song of Solomon. It's little written allegorically. It's metaphorical uh, book for us. There's a lot of picture forms in there. But sea can be talking about sea of people. And sometimes you can hear the noise of people. It's just like when you walk past a beach, you can hear the waves. And when the weather is pretty bad, the waves are pretty strong. You can hear them quite strong and powerfully. And sometimes you can hear people's voice and people's ideas, people's thoughts, people's uh, uh, opinions about you. And they can flood you at times. But the psalmist here is saying, the Lord is on high. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. His voice is powerful. He's mightier than any flood that you are in right now. He's mightier. No flood can drown you. Isaiah 43 says, you know, um, fear not for I am with you. He said, even though when I walk through, what is it? I walk through the waters, I shall not be drowned. I walk through fire, I shall not be burned. Why? Because God is with me. Amen. No storm can overtake you. No storm can overpower you. No flood can wash that love away. But God's love is mightier than any storm that a man can create. Because he sits on that. So when you emotions, when you're quiet, when you're sitting by yourself, and those emotions flood in like those anxiety, the worry, the fear, the insecurities that rise up. And you kind of go, whoa, I'm being overwhelmed and overtaken by my emotions. Remind yourself of that scripture. The Lord is mightier than any flood. Amen. No flood, hallelujah, can drown you. No waters can quench that love. No money can buy that love. No. You can't put money, you can't put a dollar value on love. You cannot. But the key thing for us is we need to ask God to teach us to love. God, teach me to love. Teach me to love my spouse. Teach me to love my children. When my daughter was a newborn baby, it was very easy to love her. Very easy. When she was three, four, it was extremely easy to love her because she did what I asked her to do. Now she's 13. I'm saying, Lord, teach me to love her. She's challenging. She's got an A for attitude. And when she has an attitude, I manifest. Because I don't like attitudes. So more than her, God is teaching me now. He's like, she's a child. Why are you manifesting? I'm manifesting because she is the one making me manifest. But I'm asking God, teach me to love my daughter who is 13. 
who's got a mouth worse than a father. It might be tiny mouth, but it's a big mouth. All of a sudden, she's challenging me. And I'm going, I don't like this. She's challenging me in good things. You come home at 7.30 and you're going out again? And I'm going, excuse me? <laughs> Jesus loves you. <laughs> but you, if you're married for 40 years, it's not necessarily the number. But are you truly madly in love with that person for 40 years? We celebrate numbers. 45. 50. I have seen marriages that are 65 years old marriages that died when they were 16 year old marriage. Wisdom is to learn from other people's mistakes. Amen. We, marriage is not a contract. Marriage is a holy communion. It's a holy union. It's a holy, uh, 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 what do you call, a covenant between a man and a woman. And their love, it needs to be learned on a day-to-day -day basis. Amen. So in conclusion, this morning, I want to read this to you and I want to say to you, God's love will never let you down. No matter what sin you've committed even this morning before you came to church, God's love will never, ever let you down. And God's love, you can see that to an extent in people, but people are people. But when you have a revelation of God's love, you know that you don't have to live in guilt. You don't have to live with regret. You don't have to live out of this compulsion and obligation. You just got to know that I am loved by God and I've done nothing to deserve it, but I receive it. Hallelujah. Amen. I've done nothing to deserve it but I receive it because he loved me. And if I know that love, I can have this love of God. And when I have this love of God, the love of God is actually working in me. And when it's working in me, it's working through me. And when it's working through me, because you see, if I'm insecure, all I'm doing is projecting security on people around me. Amen. If I'm hurting, all I do is project hurt. I've got a lot of stories about my daughter, but she, she was sore, so I touched her leg one day. She was sore, but she kicked me with the other leg. She didn't mean to kick me, but that was a reaction. You see, when you're hurting, you hurt people. Come on. But when I know I am loved, I don't need to do a thing to prove love. Because I am loved but I don't take that for granted. Amen. God's love will not let you down. You can never be separated from the love of God because you watched porn. Because you cheated. 
because you stole something, because you said a lie, or because out of greed you did something. God's love is bigger than that. God can forgive you as long as you ask for forgiveness. But don't make a habit of sin, forgiveness, sin, forgiveness, sin, forgiveness. That's a habit taking God's grace for granted. Don't do that. God's love can never be separated from you. I want to finish with this, and Trina's going to come and uh, sing a song to us. And I've been praying as I was preparing this for you this morning, uh, this week, last week, I've been preparing. I said, God, teach us to love you. Teach us to love you, that passionate love. Like he wrote to the church at um, Ephesus in, in, in the book of Revelation, the first letter, he said, return back to your first love. Return back to your first love. The day when you gave your heart to God. I gave my heart to God. I read the word every day. I still do, but I'm just saying it. I read the word every day. I wanted to serve God every day. I wanted to give my life for God. I laid my life for Jesus Christ. Everything was about God. There was a, there was a joy that was bubbling on my spirit. I didn't take for God for granted, nor His grace. And he's saying to us, return back to your first love. Coming to church and kissing a few people on the cheek is not love. Love can transform lives. Amen. Love has the power to transform lives. And I pray, as I conclude this morning, I pray that you will cry out and say, God, set me as a seal upon your heart and upon your arm. I want to read this and then Trina's going to sing. Romans 8, 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are conquerors not because we did something, but because He loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor my insecurities, nor my sins, nor my small-minded thinking, nor my meanness, nor my struggles, nor the angels, nor the principalities, nor the powers, nor the things present, things that are happening around me, nor the words that I've been speaking on people, nor the things to come, nor the height, nor the depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord.